Oklahoma Sooners get a huge win over the Baylor Bears in the quarterfinals of the Big 12 tournament. We're going to talk about that. And it got some pro day notes with Josh Helmer of the ref in Norman on 94.7 and 1400. We'll talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Sooners Nation, and welcome to Locked On Sooners. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thank you for joining me, and thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. You can also subscribe to the show on YouTube for free or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. And joining me today is Josh Helmer of 94.7 The Ref, also 1400 in Norman. Also, writes for me over at the Sooners Wire. Josh, big win tonight. How you doing? How you feeling? How's life? Man, I've got the Kansas City Royals gear on. We're trying to keep this KC mojo rolling for the Sooners. I'm doing great, man. Happy to be here with you. 72-67, to 67, the final for Oklahoma tonight over Baylor. And let's just call it what it was. It was a much-needed win for Oklahoma. It was a must-win for Oklahoma. And they got it. A ton of contributions from a bunch of different Sooners. Yeah, and they've kind of been in playoff mode for the last couple weeks now. They've rattled off three straight in the regular season, got the big win over Baylor, and really put themselves in a great position. You listen to Porter Mosier talk about it, and he says, hey, we're in the tournament. A guy like Joe Lenardi, who has you know his bracketology, he still has Oklahoma sitting on the outside. So in your opinion, where do they stand heading into a semifinal game with, as we're recording, it looks like it's going to be Texas Tech in that semifinal matchup tomorrow night on Friday. Who do you, or where do you see the Oklahoma Sooners standing right now? Are they in? Are they out? Yeah, Texas Tech absolutely steamrolling. Iowa State in the final Big 12 quarters final game tonight. It's going to be Texas Tech when we wake up tomorrow. I think probably Joe Lenardi is right and Oklahoma needs one more, but I understand what Porter Moser is saying right here. You finish the season, you win in overtime versus Oklahoma State 66 to 62. West Virginia, 72-59 to at home. And then a place, John, where Oklahoma had won in a decade. OU finally goes in the first year of the Porter Moser era in wins in Manhattan, Kansas. They beat Kansas State to close the regular season, 78-71, to before tonight's monumental win over Baylor, who, if you look at Lenardi's bracketology and – Obviously, we'll see how the rest of the conference tournaments play out. Kentucky and Auburn both lurking on that two line. But Joe Lenardi still has Baylor as his final number one seed right now. So for Oklahoma to pair what they did to close the regular season with this win over Baylor, I can understand why Porter Moser saying, hey, we've done our job. Unequivocally, we're in the dance. Obviously, Lenardi and some of the other bracketologists out there – might be looking for just a little bit more from Oklahoma. I would put it like this for OU. I think they've certainly given themselves a chance. They're squarely right there in that bubble conversation. The win over Baylor's huge. To me, 
I feel like they deserve to be in because of that win, but they probably need one more. If you beat Texas Tech, then I think you're absolutely in. I don't think you need to win the Big 12 tournament. Maybe just this final win versus Texas Tech. Yeah, and Porter Moser was really clear. He says, our goal is to win the thing. We're not here just to get into the NCAA tournament. We're trying to win the Big 12 tournament and then see what happens after that. And I, it's really interesting because they had such a great start to the season in non-conference play. I mean, they were one of the better teams in the country, had big wins over Arkansas, Florida. And it was really the first couple months of Big 12 play, January and February, where they really struggled. But even then, had some really strong performances, got the big win over Texas Tech in the regular season. And played Kansas pretty well at times, but it, it was a team that just didn't have enough consistency. But they still beat one of the best teams in the country tonight. They beat the defending national champion. Short manned, maybe. But that's still a really good Baylor team with the coach of the year in the Big 12 and Scott Drew. I don't think anybody should like take that with a grain of salt. That's a huge win for the Oklahoma Sooners. And I really think like with the momentum that they have, it should put them in the tournament as one of the last four in. But let's talk about the game tonight. What was just kind of your initial takeaway as you were watching, you know, Oklahoma, you know, bounce back from what was kind of an up and down first half where they had a good lead at times, but turnovers really got in the way of them extending that lead or taking a lead into halftime. We're trailing by six, but it was really the second half that that they turned it on. Yeah, it was obviously a great start. Oklahoma jumped in front, what, seven to nothing, I think, in the game over Baylor, and then found themselves, of course, trailing right there at halftime, rallied back. I think the the number one thing that jumps out is just the resiliency of the win tonight in general. Knowing that, hey, whether or not this win over Baylor isn't enough to get them in the NCAA tournament, okay, well, that's one portion of the debate. But Oklahoma knew they weren't getting in if they didn't get this win over Baylor. And so for it to be a game that you jumped out in front the way you did, then all of a sudden you're trailing at halftime, then you go on the run that you you did on the second half to take the lead, Baylor comes right back. That full-court press that Baylor threw – at Oklahoma late. And remember, oh, you had a couple of back-to-back turnovers there. All of a sudden, Baylor's cut it back to one. And you, maybe if you're anything like me, it's sneaking into your, your mind a little bit. Oh, man, it's just going to be yeah. too too good to be true tonight. Instead, OU, that resiliency again. They find a way to win the game. And really, then, John, the two performances from Jacob Groves and Marvin Johnson. I mean, you look at – I've got the stats right here. Marvin Johnson closing – stretch of this season eight points at kansas state 10 points at oklahoma state and tonight what did he have he had 12 points in three rebounds jacob groves finished with 15 points and hit three three pointers in this game for oklahoma and they needed all of them so yeah. the emergence of those two guys in this game i think probably the biggest storyline outside of just winning the game and the resiliency to win the game itself hey speak of jacob groves three-point shooting that was a big deal for the Oklahoma Sooners. They shot 52.4% from three. They shot better from three than they did from the field. They shot 51% from the field. Like, and they held Baylor to just 13% from three, like absolutely incredible. And that's how you overcome a minus 10 in the turnover column is when you hit your shots and, and especially from three, because this is a team that's going to take more than 23s a game. 
It's when they haven't been hitting those threes that they found themselves in trouble. And you talked about Jacob Groves' performance. The 15 points, absolutely huge. The nine rebounds, just as big. You can't give a team like Baylor second chances, and he was all over the place. In a game where you know Tanner Groves finds himself in foul trouble, they needed a guy like Jacob to, to step up and Marvin Johnson to step up as well. Got contributions from a lot of different players on tonight. Yeah, I, I mean, you touched on one of the other big items from this game, which was Tanner Groves only plays 15 minutes in it. And Porter Moser rolled the dice a little bit once Tanner Groves got that fourth foul late. Again, it's a game that he's been stricken with foul trouble sort of throughout, only has 15 minutes once it's all said and done. But you kind of think late, okay, let's put Tanner Groves back in the lineup. Porter Moser didn't do that, and it wound up working out for Oklahoma. These other guys provided the lift. And not just those two guys that we've talked about in Jacob Groves and Marvin Johnson. How about Ethan Shagwa and also C.J. Nolan? Both of those two guys, listen to this. The, the stat line for those two guys shooting tonight versus Baylor, both one for one from the floor, and they each made a three-pointer on that one field goal attempt. And Shadwell had five assists. A couple of those backdoor feeds to uh, Jalen Hill were pivotal in this game for Oklahoma. So it was your prototypical, okay, your star player only plays 15 minutes because he has foul trouble in the game, but, oh, you found that lift from other guys. Yeah, and we're going to have a few more takeaways here in a second. We're going to talk about, about what this means for the start of the Porter Mosier era, and we'll have some pro day notes down the road in the show. But first, I want to talk to you all about Stat Hero. Hey, March Madness is right around the corner. I love brackets, but honestly, I don't really do very well. I don't get very deep in these contests, and usually I don't win many mo- much money. I'm usually hedging my bets, but this year, go Stat Hero. You can get in on some pick'em contests at StatHero.com. And you can pit yourself against each other. You can find uh, lineups to go up against other players. You can take control back from the handicappers that always seem to have the advantage. Start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. It's simple. It's got great gameplay, and this is what daily fantasy was meant to be. So sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code Locked on for a 100% deposit match. You put in 50 bucks, Stat Hero will match your 50 bucks using promo code Locked On. So go to stathero.com slash locked on to get your 100% match. Terms and conditions apply. I also want to talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Hey, it's the time of year where most people are giving up on their news resolutions. If that's you, maybe get back into that resolution to maybe lose some weight, eat healthier by going to built.com and checking out built bar. If you haven't tried it yet, you're really missing out on a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's got real chocolate, hundred percent covered in chocolate. And it's really great for a keto diet too. Only four or five grams of sugar, four or five grams of net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a normal candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar and dozens of net carbs. And you'll know that built bar is the way to go. Great flavors like mint brownie, coconut almond. My favorite, the peanut butter brownie. I got a box in my locker at work, always making sure I have Built Bar when I'm getting that food craving. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order over at Built.com. 
And hey, thanks again for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. And make sure to check out the Locked On Bracket Breakdown, March 14th, right here on the Locked On Sooners podcast feed and YouTube channel. College basketball experts Chris Gordy and Andy Patton and betting expert Lee Sterling giving you the in-depth breakdowns on every single matchup. It's March Madness time, and hopefully the Oklahoma Sooners will be dancing We've talked about it. Maybe they need one more win to, to fully solidify where they stand. I think a lot of people seem to think that this one gives gets them over the top. Hopefully that's the case, but even more so, hopefully they get that win over Texas Tech on Friday night. Another performance, Josh, I thought was really impressive was Emoja Gibson down the stretch. He didn't have a great shooting night. Emoja is one of the more streaky shooters on the team, but those five points that he had in the final few minutes of the game helped Oklahoma really expand that lead, especially the the and one that he converted to stretch it to six. That's when it really felt like Oklahoma had this game. And and I, to me, I think I love that about Emoji Gibson. Like he can have an off night shooting and then come through with clutch plays down the stretch that help you win a, a basketball game. Yeah. And, you know, Jordan Goldwire, I would put kind of into that category as well. Tonight yeah. you think about – the fallaway shot that he had, what was it, with two minutes and 11 seconds remaining, that put Oklahoma back up by three, 65 to 62 at that juncture. And then the driving and one that you're talking about with Emoja Gibson late with uh, 49 seconds left in the ball game, huge for Oklahoma, sure. Mo Gibson only finished one for five from downtown in this game, but he had that old-fashioned three-point play when Oklahoma had to have it late. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, too, when you start talking about, okay, has Oklahoma cemented its case? Well, if we're going to play the hypothetical that they have cemented their case and, you know, what is one of the reasons why? Okay, well, you don't think Emoji Gibson on any given night can cook the way that he cooked in Manhattan, Kansas when he went off for 29 or when he had the game in Lloyd Noble Center and scored 30 against Texas Tech? I think that's something you have to look at with Oklahoma here. Yeah, if there's a guy on this team – they can just erupt for a 35-point game. Maybe it's an Emoji Gibson. You look at a guy like Tanner Groves, too, who had a huge tournament last year, uh, again, and a tournament game against Kansas, him and Jacob both. Like I feel like that is just one of those kind of little nuggets that if you're the committee that's trying to determine this thing, like maybe you want to see if Emoji can go off. Maybe you want to see if Tanner and, and Jacob Groves can repeat their, their 2021 tournament success. I don't know. I, I it's fascinating sport and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of teams and that are going to have a lot to say about this, but it's hard to discount Oklahoma's resume. Sure. They had a really rough couple months, but they still got some pretty significant wins as we, I mean, in the first year of the Porter Mosier era, watching a guy like Alondis Williams who transferred and then won the ACC player of the year. Uh, you, you lost a guy like Austin Reeves to the NBA. Brady Manick also transferred out. And yes, he brought in several transfers of his own, but you know, his first year as the head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners, what does this win do for him and the program kind of moving forward, regardless of what happens the rest of this season? It, it does feel like it did feel like this is a why you hired Porter Moser kind of win. It was, this is the direction you want this program to be heading kind of win and this is a guy that has a penchant for winning these kinds of games he of course has taken Loyola Chicago to the final four he's taken them to another sweet 16 before his stint here at Oklahoma and 
wouldn't you know it, right? The calendar strikes March, and here we go again with Porter Moser. He has Oklahoma toppling maybe a one seed, I think certainly a two seed here in Baylor once the NCAA brackets are officially officialized. He's just – he's got a habit for winning this time of year when in a sport – that's defined by how well you perform in March. And obviously if you're so fortunate enough, then in early April, Porter Moser's laying the foundation here that that's not going to be any different with me right here at Oklahoma with the group again, that as you laid out right there, I'll, I'll toss one more name your way too. What about Davion Harmon? That yeah. was a big piece oh, of yeah. his roster a year ago. And now all of a sudden, boom, he's gone and off to Oregon and all of those guys that left have in college have had good seasons. Alondis Williams at Wake Forest with Brady Manick. He's been a big part of what North Carolina's doing. And Davion Harmon at Oregon. And, of course, Austin Reeves has made a splash with the Lakers. So there was so much turnover for Oklahoma. And it was kind of hodgepodge, throw this thing together, transfer portal type roster. You had a couple of guys that were contributors from Oklahoma's team last year. Mo Gibson, Jalen Hill, two of the guys that immediately come to mind. But, man, for him to pick up this win, for Oklahoma to be right there in the mix, and certainly even if they lose to Texas Tech, the way that they've closed here winning these last four games, they put themselves squarely in the discussion. So I think it's a, it's a big statement about where potentially this program is headed under Porter Moser once he can truly craft this roster and not have it just be kind of thrown together overnight. And as we look at a potential matchup with Texas Tech, a probable matchup, we should say, with Texas Tech on Friday night, how are you feeling about that matchup? Do you think Oklahoma is going to be able to repeat their performance from Norman? They're going to have a chance. If, if they play with the type of effort that they did tonight versus Baylor, the way that they crashed the glass, the way that they defended every single possession, every single action offensively that Baylor had in the game, they're going to have an opportunity. Obviously, you can't necessarily bank on shooting 11 for 21 from three-point range again. Yeah. If you do, then, hey, we, we might just be talking about Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game versus either Kansas or TCU. I think they've got a legitimate shot here. I would probably lean Texas Tech in this game, but uh, hopefully I'm dead wrong. I would have picked Baylor this morning, so let's uh, hope that streak continues in the wrong direction in terms of who I'm picking. Yeah, I, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, admit readily that when I talked with the Locked On Big 12 crew earlier this week, I, I was basically like, all right, when spring football start, let's let's start looking at Baker Mayfield's statue and and didn't really think that Oklahoma was going to win this one. I, I felt like if they covered the spread that it would it'd be a win for them, but – Hey, the power of the reverse jinx, it, it works strongly here on the Locked On Sooners podcast. But no, it's going to be a great game. I think Oklahoma is going to, I mean, this is a, I think this is a really good matchup for Oklahoma because Texas Tech isn't a team that's going to necessarily run away from them offensively. Like they're a great defensive team. They're good offensive team. But Oklahoma, I think, has the, the, the horses to play with them offensively. It's just going to be a matter of, are they going to be able to get the stops defensively and go stop for stop with a really, really strong defensive team at Texas tech, because that's really what their bread and butter is. And they'll turn that defense into offense. It's going to be up to Oklahoma to be able to match that same energy and that same effort possession after possession. Like you talked about, like they did against Baylor, because that's what it takes this time of year is not taking any possessions off and, and bringing that intensity every single time, but it's going to be fun. I, I, 
it's kind of fun to watch this team right now just kind of grow before our eyes and see more of the Porter, Porter Mosier like vision for what basketball looks like in Norman. And coming up next, we're going to talk more about what uh, some of these players that are going to the NFL, what they did at their pro day at in Norman. I got to be there and, and witness some of the the running in tights. It was kind of fun and, and checking that out. So I'll, I'll share some of my thoughts and notes and Josh will share some nuggets on there. We got some some quotes that we'll we'll share from some of the players and one that we'll just kind of we'll finish off with from Perry on that should have you hyped and you ready for spring ball. But before we do that, let me talk to you about run your pool. March Madness, just a couple weeks away, and that means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be getting your brackets and running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual? Are you looking or are you looking for the best? We've done our homework here and running brackets this year with runyourpool.com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or Pick X, both really fun in their own way, and they have options to edit scoring, and they even offer more intel to make your picks. All stuff you won't find at ESPN or CBS. If you've got a business, Run Your Pool can help you take some of that madness magic and play alongside your employees or even gain new customers. Plus, they have white glove customer support, custom branding, and one of the three easiest or one of the easiest three minute setups you'll ever find. Clearly, we believe Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize, join us at runyourpool.com/slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on. And I want to talk to you about Bet Online. It's that time of year. We're talking college basketball. And if you're a better, if you're a gambler, get in on at betonline.net. It's the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And hey, it's college basketball time, but it's not just basketball. Major League Baseball is about to start. You can get on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is where the game starts. All right, Josh. Went to Pro Day. It was really my first opportunity to like cover anything in Norman, Oklahoma. It was a really kind of surreal experience too, because I'm like walking up to the stadium, even though it's not at the stadium. I got there like way early, too early to go inside the Everest Center, and it's really cold at 7:45 in the morning. So I pop across the street to Einstein's, get a bagel, get a, a second cup of coffee after driving three hours to Norman and try to sit outside for a little bit and enjoy it, but it's still too cold. So I go back to my car, but I'm like sitting in my car and just looking at Gaylord Memorial and, or sorry, Gaylord family, Oklahoma Memorial stadium. And just like taking this all in and feeling like a kid again, you know, like that first time you go to a ballpark and you like walk up on this mammoth building. And that's just what I felt like. I'm 39 years old. I'm like just standing there in awe of uh of gaylord family oklahoma memorial stadium it was just incredible um but the pro day man it was it was really cool like these guys getting another opportunity to improve on their combine numbers and yeah i felt like several guys really did leron stokes in particular was one of those guys that just really stood out he made obviously he didn't get a chance at the combine but he put his best foot forward at pro day let's hear what leron had to say about his uh, performance in front of Every scout, I from what I could tell, every scout from the NFL was at Oklahoma's Pro Day, and so Laron got a chance to stand out. Well, good. I definitely PR'd in some things, so I was excited to do that. <clears throat> definitely was my plan going into it. And just to be able to put my best foot forward in front of these scouts because, I mean, I wasn't at the combine like everybody else, so this was my one chance to blow, and I didn't want to miss it. Uh, I mean, I think I did. I definitely feel like I could have did better in some aspects of the Pro Day. 
but overall, I think I had an impressive showing. Yeah, and I, I tend to agree, you know, and I think for a guy who saw his snaps kind of go down at Oklahoma, which kind of never really made sense to me, um, it was huge for him to to be able to have that opportunity to perform at Pro Day. What what do you make of a guy like LeRon Stokes, who had a really nice year in 2019 where he had 16 pressures and had a sack and and played quite a few snaps for Oklahoma's defense. What do you make of his kind of snap decline over the last couple of years? I would say that now that we get to this juncture where we're sneaking up on the NFL draft, we just finished up the combine. Laron Stokes obviously wasn't invited to that, but performed well here at the pro day. He's probably for me, he's somebody that you're hoping that now based on what he did at pro day, obviously you want to see him get drafted, but I think more than likely this is, okay, you've had a chance to meet with some scouts from all of the different NFL teams, and hopefully he gets a camp invite out of it. And moving forward, he can latch on somewhere in camp and then really get an opportunity. Ultimately, you kind of look at it and you think about it, and when somebody's not really in that too deep week in and week out, that's going to be a factor, I think, for teams when they start thinking about, hey, should we expend a draft pick? on Laurent Stokes. I think that's probably going to work against him, but hopefully the pro day performance, which was good for Laurent Stokes, hopefully that gets him a chance to, to get a serious look at getting into a couple of NFL camps. And who knows, we've seen guys in the past that for whatever reason, it didn't quite click in college, or maybe it did early, but then it didn't later or vice versa, whatever the situation may be. Then all of a sudden you get an NFL camp invite and several years down the line, you're talking about, a, a long-term contract extension. So who knows? You hope that's the case for somebody like him. Yeah, I mean, he, he's got some explosiveness that you'd think that a team would want to take a chance on him. Maybe not, like you said, expend a draft pick, but I, I got a feeling he's going to get a camp invite. And if he could find a way to stick on a practice squad, I feel like that'd be a great start for him and allow him an opportunity to, to develop and you know get inside a, an NFL strength and conditioning program get with these coaches and, and develop his skills. Cause he's definitely got some athletic ability. I mean, he jumped 33 and a half and I looked back. So Marcus Mosier, who runs the locked on Cowboys account, he hooked me up with just his database of, of uh, combine numbers and pro day numbers. And he tied for like the 15th best uh, vertical in Mosier's database of defensive tackles. And that's not just this year. That's like over the last decade or more, like he just jumped out of the building and in his 40, he looked explosive in some of his other you know, performances, 23 you know, reps on the bench. He just looked really good. So I, I'd be interested to see if which team takes a chance on him. Another team, another guy, I think teams are going to be really excited to take a chance on. And this one will fly a little bit under the radar. He's not going to be a guy that gets drafted in the top four or five rounds, but Jeremiah Hall, man, he looked really, really good. Another guy, I think really improved on his uh, combine performance at Oklahoma's pro day. Yeah, I think my day went great overall. I was looking to improve on all my numbers, specifically the 40, the vertical, the shuttle, and the L drill. So did a little bit better on those. Um, my strong suit was, you know, the routes and the drills. So the football stuff, you know, that, that's why I'm here. You know, that's what I do on the day-to-day. -day. That's what you guys have seen I've had success with. So after all the track stuff was over with, you know, I felt relieved because I got to do what I came here to do and what I do best. So overall, I feel like, I felt like it's a great day, and it's in God's hands now. So I'm 
I can stand up here and smile and say, I, I gave it my all. Yeah, and he looked smooth. He looked fluid, showed off great hands. Uh, what do you think of Jeremiah Hall's just potential at the next level? I think he's a third-day guy when we get to the NFL draft. And I think that he could be a sneaky addition for somebody in what today's National Football League is. If he can be reliable in terms of pass protection, then I, I can definitely see Jeremiah Hall being somebody that can chip block somebody and all of a sudden he's rumbling for a 25-yard pass reception. He's got great hands, as you mentioned, and was used a lot in that type of way in Oklahoma's offense, uh, even at times kind of as a conventional tight end for Oklahoma. So I love what Jeremiah Hall is all about. I think he's a great person too. Uh, obviously, we've gotten to see a little bit of her, his personality shine as well with he and Braden Willis's podcast, which I think has been fun. I don't know how that factors in in any way, shape, or form to any of the NFL evaluators, but he's somebody I would want in my locker room. Well, it's actually funny. I wish I'd save that clip because he talked about how, and he talked about it on the podcast on the Prairie as well. in the latest episode where there were a lot of scouts that actually talked to him about the podcast and, and brought up things that they discussed. He didn't get into specifics about that, but you know, it was, it was definitely part of the evaluation process, which is always kind of a weird thing. You always hear weird questions come out that, that players get asked or like Desmond Ritter, a lactose intolerant individual being asked to drink a, a glass of milk by Dan Campbell. You're just like, what are we doing here? Like, yes, you want to test a guy's toughness. Like, I'm sure we can figure out another way to figure out whether or not a quarterback is tough than make him drink a lack, uh, drink milk and then potentially have the runs later that day. Uh, I don't know. Jeremiah Hall, back to Jeremiah Hall, man. I, yeah, I think he's a guy that if a offensive coordinator is creative enough and understands the mismatch opportunity enough, he's going to be a guy that somebody pounds the table for and once on their football team, I think of a team like um, the 49ers, you know, they got Kyle juice use chick there. So they're probably not going to draft Jeremiah Hall, but somebody in that, that Shanahan coaching tree, maybe Mike McDaniels over in Miami. Now the former offensive coordinator for San Francisco, maybe he looks at Jeremiah Hall and he's like, that's a guy that I could use a lot like juice over in, in San Francisco. Maybe, maybe not. I, I think there's a lot of potential for Jeremiah Hall at the next level in the right system with the right offensive coordinator that sees the potential there, because there's a ton, like you talked about, he's got the opportunity to, he can carry the football. He can pass protect he can get in there and block. And then all of a sudden he's sneaking out on a wheel route and he's down the sideline for a score. He's got that potential. One last thing before we, we let you go, Josh, and before we, we finish the show, we've got to finish looking ahead to the spring. There's a lot to be excited about and really a lot of it, just kind of spurs on the fact that everybody's excited about Brent Venables. And here's what Perry on Winfrey had to say about BV and how the program is looking heading into the spring. Uh, it's a great hands to be honest with you. I made a joke earlier telling Caleb Kelly, they're going to have to build a new indoor when Venables is done here, just for all the banners and stuff that I know he's going to hang up. Like he's one of those coaches that came in right away and just changed the mindset of everybody around me, not just all the young guys, like my friends that are still here. Like he's just a dog and I just love everything about him. I've only been here for a day. I've only came to one workout and I know that he's the real deal for sure. He's a dog. He's a real deal. 
any other any other big PW things that, that you picked up on that? I love everything about him, right? I mean, yeah. and it just seems that pretty much everybody in Oklahoma's program, past or present, feels that way about Brent Venables right now. Hey, recruits moms and dads are saying that, yeah. not just about Brent Venables, but just this staff in general. So Oklahoma's got some serious momentum, man. I can't wait to see how this spring plays out. It's obviously now that you're in the midst of a head coaching transition, the spring, not that it's not always important, but it does pick up a little bit more importance, right? When you're in the midst of a head coaching change. So it's an important spring for Oklahoma, trying to get all these different uh, languages down the way that Venables communicates his defense, the way obviously that Levy calls his offense. Uh, I just can't wait. I can't wait to get it started. March 22nd. Let's go. Yeah. There's not just player turnover, but coaching turnover trying to integrate all that. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch, and we'll have it covered here on Locked On Sooners. Josh, thank you so much for jumping on, talking basketball and the pro day. We'll have a lot more to talk about in the coming weeks as well. Hey, appreciate it, man. Always uh, my pleasure. Simple shout-out, check out Chris Plank and myself every morning, 9 to noon, on the Plank Show. That's 94.7 FM, 1400 AM. Or for our Tulsa friends out there, 1430 The Buzz. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, and on the ref app that's right just easy search ladies and gents sports talk 1400 and uh, it's a free download and you can stream us worldwide listen uh, anytime anyplace that's right that's what i do here in Tahlequah is i make sure that i turn on the sports talk 1400 app on my phone and listen to josh and chris in the mornings from nine to noon check them out again that's going to do it for today's episode of locked on sooners Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast, and on YouTube. Subscribe, leave a comment, leave a question. We'll get to it next week. And also make sure you check out our work over at the Sooners Wire at usatoday.com. For Josh, I'm John. Catch you next time. Boomer Sooner. <laughs>